It's Harry here with episode one of the 88's Army of Unicorns podcast. I hear this term Army of Unicorns recently, and I know that the word unicorn has some preconceived definitions around obviously startups like Uber and Airbnb, these companies that quickly accelerated into having extreme value and a large user base. But for me, it has a different meaning because I'm in a different business. Unicorns are multi-talented people that have driven my company's success and that I continuously search for. So what I say is I'm building this army of unicorns. And what I see, this is the future of advertising and social media. You can't just have a single talent now to succeed in our business, you need to have multi-talents and focuses to kind of accelerate and be relevant and be able to create on a regular basis amazing work. At The 88, I've created three words that I think define what has led to our success and our continued growth. It's happy, hungry, curious. And these three words are in all the unicorns that I've had the pleasure of working with and I continue to search for. And to me, it's that we enjoy what we do and it makes us happy. You can't fake being happy. And hungry is that drive that wakes you up in the morning. And curiosity is why you take that extra couple of minutes to find something out when you heard it mentioned on a podcast or in a conversation, digging deeper into the things outside of advertising, outside of social media that kind of spark and kind of inspire your everyday. So I'd like to introduce James Evans, my uh, first unicorn. For us at The 88, he is a illustrator and graphic designer, but outside of that, he's a fine artist who I actually had the pleasure of going to one of his shows just a couple months ago, and I'm excited to hear what inspires him and what makes him a unicorn. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be the uh, first unicorn. You always remember your first. So, first ever project for The 88. Take me through it. It was a Snapchat filter for Bloomingdale's. And I was brought in on a freelance basis. I believe it was supposed to be a two-day project. This was in June, so they wanted it for July. And they wanted a hot dog. We ended up coming up with a hot dog that I think everyone is happy with. But it took a good month of debating the nuances of this hot dog. I hope we have like a ton of success together and we can kind of look back to the hot dog being a pivotal moment in your career. Can you describe the actual hot dog? I think it already is a pivotal moment in my career. I remember at one point... We were going over the filter with a client in the call, and I remember him pointing out that he wanted the hot dog to be happier, more of a Refinery29 hot dog. And keep in mind, this is a hot dog without a face. This is just a piece of meat on a filter. So how do you imbue this food with these characteristics? It was kind of absurd, and it was kind of funny, and it was kind of frustrating at the time because I didn't, I didn't know anyone. I wasn't familiar with the client. You know, this is my first project with these guys. I don't know if this is normal. I don't know. It, it was this really funny, absurd introduction. So it, I already look at it as kind of a funny benchmark. Hot dog aside, I'd love to talk a little bit about your process at work before we get into your process creating your fine art. The process is very client by client. Oftentimes, you'll meet with someone and the creative is very specific. It's they want exactly this. And so that's a matter of just pulling reference. I'll pull images. I'll pull illustrations. The ideal project is one where you have creative space and you have creative room to move around, in which case the client wants a certain idea conveyed, right? That's about as vague as you can get. They want this idea. How do you do it? My jumping off point there is I'll just comb the internet and I'll find projects, ideas, pictures. And when you find one that resonates to whatever degree and you think would be an effective tool for the project, then I'll go off that. And I'll generally start as a mock-up. So I'll just pull the image, put it in a deck, put it on a filter, put it whatever way we choose to present it to the client. And if they like that, then you can start actually giving that its own personality. 
because obviously you don't want to simply lift things. And that's one of the odd components of creativity in, in a digital age is that so much is borrowed. So how do you draw inspiration from this massive pool while making it relevant to a given project? And for people who don't know that, besides obviously finding this reference, he'll like re-render it by hand digitally to give it its own point of view. So it's not just collaging actual images. So I think that's a good segue into art. Like I said, I had the luxury of going to your show recently. What is the difference in your process of art versus your commercial work? The same general principle in that you're drawing from the world around you. I think effective art is simply you're stating something that you feel needs to be stated. And so you're just pulling from the world around you and you're not hindered by client. You're not hindered by what should this project be. I, the last show I had a particular theme and it was called Salad Days. It was about, and this was leading up to the election. And it was a very specific social climate in New York in particular. I was drawing and I, I was using people and I was using images that I thought directly contributed to this theme, be it portraits, be it more abstract ideas that I was trying to convey. So something like that is very specific. I'm like, here's a concept. And the way I look at art, it's either based on concept or it's based on mood. So if art is based on mood, then I'll draw inspiration from a more broad source. I'll walk around town, I'll read books. And then every now and then you'll find an image that resonates with you. And if you don't have a specific concept and you're just trying to find something that resonates, that means it hits you emotionally. And that's kind of what I pull from. It's easy if I'm walking around town, I see an image, I'm like, well, this resonates with me, I want to paint this. I'll just take a picture, I'll draw it, and then I'll like redraw it. I'll get my projector, I'll blow it up, or I'll just do it freehand, kind of depending on if I want it to be accurate proportionally or not. And then I'll just paint it. But a lot of times, if that image comes from this internet, this book, this whatever, something that I don't think I have intellectual property over, and I don't even mean that legally, I mean that creatively, like I don't want to do someone else's idea, then I'll change it. Even if it's a portrait, I'll change it. I'll move the face around a bit, change the colors on the shirt or make it my own. And that's kind of a challenge is drawing inspiration and making it your own. Happy, hungry, curious. When you hear those three words, what comes to mind? What's freestyle that one? Well, I think curiosity, that's always kind of just a cornerstone to how I approach every day. My parents are both professors, actually. I was raised in like a very academic household. We didn't have cable. I never had a game system. I would read. I would go outside. So I think there was an aspect of critical thinking that I always find very important. And I think you apply that curious approach to the world around you. I mean, I didn't go to school for painting. I didn't go to school for design or inferior writing. But curiosity is what drove me to that. It's realizing I want to know this. And so I would, when I moved to New York, I would just paint shapes, broad lines, colors. I would just literally teach myself the mechanics hours and hours every day. And that's very much how I learned design. You can learn anything from YouTube videos, from talking to people that do it. Curiosity is a, it's a worldview, and I think it kind of runs hand in hand with empathy. If you're curious about the world around you, that means you're going to identify with people and you're actually going to care. For me, also, that is the bedrock of what we're doing right now is that I said when I started 2017 that for me, it's about the people. And what I really pride myself on at the 88 is that the more I put into the people, the better the work will be and the more the more I get out of it. So I, I really appreciate your definition of curiosity, but I assume this makes you happy. I think it's a good segue in that to what makes you happy. Yes. Painting, it's been nothing but happiness. And that's kind of why I've felt this desire to do it because, you know, we all have issues. And I got into painting because at the time I was like going through a lot of stuff and 
it was like, well, I can just be unhappy and deal with this, or I can try to create something positive. And so that's why I would just sit there and like learn it. And it became my medication. And so being able to do it constantly just makes me a happy, balanced person. And subsequently, like I'll spend the entire day just like in my room, happy and painting. And for me, it's cathartic. The question is, is how do you balance a full-time job and to also maintain an art career and continue to fulfill your passion? I think the hunger comes in because I recognize that feeling this happiness is somewhat rare. And the fact that I found something that makes me this happy, I will always feel a drive to designate, you know, to allot whatever free time I have to it, even if it's at the expense of social things or otherwise. When do you paint? You have a 50 hour week. When are you painting? I will generally paint till like two in the morning. And then on the weekends, if I'm not like out Friday night, I'm at home painting. And then I wake up super early Saturday. I try to like paint all day Saturday, Sunday. And I have like a girlfriend too. And I was thinking about this last night because it's like Valentine's Day and it was juggling these things is insane. And right now it's working somewhat. I'm the same way. Like I always say you live your creative process. Like if you're a creative in this industry, when it's time to create something at work and you don't have it, it's too late. I don't think you choose to be an artist. I think people are born that way. And I think it's half the imbalance of being a creative person that makes you a creative person. So I appreciate a lot of things that you kind of spoke about. So, I mean, let's take it back to 88 for a while. What do you think of the 88? I mean, any moments in the 88 that stand out or projects besides the hot dog that stand out that kind of keep you showing up every day with a semi-smile on? I think when you talked about the emphasis on people earlier, that's the reason. One of the things that really stuck out for me going back to like the election time was everyone was kind of despondent in the office in the city. And I remember you spoke to us all and it was like a recognition of a mood. And I think that's something that's kind of rare to be like, yeah, I, we are all feeling this. What can we do about this? How can we help ourselves individually? How can we help people around us? And I really appreciated that because, you know, the ADA has felt very, about the people that run it. And you look at it from a business standpoint, I don't think you can really make great work if people feel like they're just cogs in a machine. It's about working together and it's about feeling simultaneously like you're doing something cool, but also you're recognized as an individual. Yeah, just for everyone out there, you know, like I actually like got up to speak to everyone and the state of everything was going on. I just started bawling. I couldn't even get a word out for a couple of minutes, but that's how I felt in the moment. We spend so much time together at work every day to kind of ignore the most obvious. We needed to kind of come together. So, obviously, if you want to work with us and James and see his commercial work, you know where to find us, lovethe88.com. But, um, James, tell us where the world can see your personal work. I have my personal work at www.jme.nyc. And I am working on another show. I'm considering doing something out on the West Coast. That'll probably be late summer. But yeah, the website or, or Instagram, which is James, the number three, V-A-N-S. James, thanks so much. It was really great to hear your point of view on art, life, happiness, juggling everything and being a unicorn. So I really appreciate that. And thanks so much. And I hope everyone out there enjoyed as much as I did. This is episode one of Army of Unicorns. Stay tuned for episode two. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but I'll let you guys know when I know. 